0: Welcome to TW Now. I'm Scott Winnell. Twice in the last century, Germany rose to the top amongst the European nations, taking control and changing the course of world events. Today's Germany, reunited after the fall of the Berlin Wall, has quietly come to the fore once again. Germany is a financial and manufacturing leader in Europe and the most populated nation in Europe as well. Its economy is undermanned, pulling in immigrants in order to keep the factories running. Germany is also now a foe, excuse me, not a foe of the Jewish nation Israel, but it's a friend, a defender, at least at the federal level. But there is more to the story about Germany, and the media does tell an important part of the story. But for the rest of the story, we need to delve into the pages of your Bible. What does the Bible have to say about Germany at the end of the age? The answer is at the heart of the ongoing German question. Stay tuned to find out more as our returning guests help us better understand this nation that is prominent in the pages of your Bible. I would like to welcome back two guests on today's program, Mr. Rod McNair. Mr. Rod McNair is a Tomorrow's World writer and presenter. He's presented Tomorrow's World telecast on topics that include Is Europe Preparing for War and Four Prophecies for Germany? Welcome, Mr. McNair. It's great to have you on the program again. Thanks. Good to be here. I'd also like to welcome Mr. John Meakin, who is joining us via Skype from England. He is also a Tomorrow's World writer and a minister. He's authored articles that relate to Germany and Europe that include Europe, European Migration, Crisis and Consequences, the Balfour Declaration Turns 100, and Brexit, Britain's Nightmare Divorce. Mr. Meekin, it's great to have you with us again, sir. Gentlemen, welcome again to you both. For those of you who are joining us, if you do have questions as we carry out our discussion today, please feel free to message us and we'll do our best to address some of your questions. Also, please be sure to subscribe, to like, and to share today's program. Well, gentlemen, let's get started with our first question, and Mr. Meekin, I'd like to go to you first. As we look at what's going on in Europe, and we look at the transatlantic relationship between the Europeans, Germany, and the United States, we've seen in recent years President Trump making some pretty powerful decisions to push the Europeans, and particularly Germany, to arm themselves and to pick up the, the burden, the cost burden for the military. We've also seen President Trump threaten trade wars against German imports in the United States. When we look at these actions, how do you think these actions are playing out in Germany and will impact Germany going forward?
1: Well, thank you very much. Um, Absolutely fascinating subject to talk about Germany in the modern world, uh, and of course, all of its history as well. And I, I think that's why we're talking about Germany precisely as you said, that um, with the rise of Mr. Trump and uh, events in far off China, uh, we are entering a new world in which the uh, post-World War settlement uh, and the kind of rule book of how international relations should take place is all being basically ripped up. And above all, Mr. Trump, the businessman is saying now, why should we Americans be paying for European defense when they can well, Uh, do so themselves, shouldn't they be doing more? Now the impact of that is sending shockwaves through Europe and shockwaves through Germany. Just at the time when Russia on the other side of the border is limbering up, and took uh, the um, part of the territory back that uh, she invaded there and causing pressure on Ukraine. And it's raising questions of how will Germany respond to all of this? Uh, The point, I think, that I would make quickly is that under the shield provided by America, uh, beginning with the aftermath of Second World War, Germany has had all that time since to develop as a peaceful and thoroughly democratic nation. And that is wonderful news for the world and for Europe. No more fighting and squabbling as there was in the interwar years. No more trouble that caused the First World War. But but what that has meant is that Germany relieved of the burden of defence, which America provided through the umbrella of NATO, she didn't have to spend money on that. She could spend money on uh, improving her own um, uh, economy and doing it so in a peaceful and democratic way. If that changes, that puts Germany under a different pressure and then it starts to raise reverberating questions about the so-called German question from the past,
2: Mr. McNair. <clears throat> yeah, it, it is a fascinating uh, topic, as Mr. Meek, Meekin mentioned, um, for so many reasons. As he as he mentioned that that there has been a sense of uh, a, a stability and a sense of normalcy over the last five, six, seven decades, um, and that what people seem to be seeing is there's a shifting going on under the surface. As you mentioned, uh, back a few years ago, a couple years ago, um, our president, Donald Trump, uh, chose not to recommit to Article 5 of of NATO, meaning, uh, and this is a fundamental uh, agreement among NATO members, that if one was attacked, the others would come to their defense. So suddenly, this, this sense of as Mr. Meekin mentioned, sense of we can just focus on economy, we can focus on building Europe and, and uh, you know into one unit and and, and cooperating in that sense uh, the The game has changed, and I think that 's what we 're sensing
0: Mr. Meekin, back to you with this question. As we look at Europe and what's going on in Europe, as we look at Germany, Germany in recent years has been a peace-loving people. They really have brought a semblance of peace, an engine of productivity to Europe, uh, really a unifying effect. Could we see Germany return? The title of the program has to do with Germany will lead Europe again. We're not talking about economically or politically. We're talking about uh, militarily and geopolitically. Could they could they revert back to a Germany that they've been in the past?
1: Um, the answer is, of course, they could. And I think it's a double-sided question. Uh, one has to do with the German character and the other has to do with the reactions of nations external to Germany roundabout and the pressures that come on Germany as a result. So let me deal briefly with the German character. There's no question that the Germans are a remarkably uh, gifted people and nation. Uh, When you think of the character of the Germans, you think of hardworking, uh, thrifty, highly motivated, efficient, uh, industrially extremely capable. Um, Something like 30% of American immigration came from Germany. And they have integrated themselves in a wonderful way into the whole American economy. But writers on the subject of Germany And I'm thinking particularly of one um, journalist uh, in the war years, whose name is Barzini, wrote a book called The Europeans, and he analysed German character, and he used a word. He said the German character is mutable. In other words, it can go along for a while and, and seem to be fine and peaceful, all the rest of it, all the good positive characteristics that we know and love about the German. But then, as a response to something, either internally or externally, th- there can be a sudden change to that. And uh, we have seen two world wars with Germany heavily involved. And of course, this then raises a question mark, well, what ge- how will Germany respond? How will Germany respond? On the brink of recession, which is at the moment, and, uh, but shackled to the EU, how will it respond to that? How will it respond to Trump encouraging them to do far more militarily for themselves? So, I suppose, like individual's character is tested, so the German character, I think, is in the process of being tested. And people are a bit on tender hooks, wondering how it's all going to work out.
2: I, I, I would agree, <clears throat> and, and um, isn't it true that Germany's uh, angst, you know, here we, we, we get that mm. word, um, is uh is because of her unique situation there in central europe with with uh, no natural uh, borders boundaries uh, 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 protecting her from potential enemies so when you see Russia uh, beginning to be more antagonistic and you see uh, her feeling isolated as as uh, mr. Meekin mentioned you 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 can you can come up with a Sort, uh, you know turn into a very very different person or nation uh, When you're threatened when you feel like you're not comfortable when you feel like you have to do uh, Do something that you weren't required to do before so that that's mm-hmm. what we seem to be seeing now
0: Well, you're, you're both talking about the character of the German peoples, uh, and you're, you're now, Mr. McNair, beginning to talk about the geography that has made up this this people and, and helped inform their character and their world view. Let's go back a little bit further into their history. Where did the German peoples come from? Have they always been right there in Central Europe? Uh, and especially as we think about them in the Bible, certainly we don't see the name Germany mentioned in the Bible. but take us back if you will mr mcnair to start with where do these people come from how did they make their way into europe who are they
2: well that that's a fascinating story as well and it, and you're right we really can't understand the the present unless we look at the past and just like uh so many uh th- there are a number of countries that are modern countries like israel like like Modern Israel that are not called modern Israel today, America, Britain, and, and those regular viewers would would understand that. The same is true for Germany. You don't see the the name Germany in the Bible, and yet you see uh, very anciently a nation that descended from Asher, uh, way back in in ancient times, and uh, became Assyria, and interestingly was a was a very warlike and very powerful nation and empire, but suddenly disappeared. Uh, it, my recollection is that I think when, when the, their, the Greeks uh, overtook uh, many nations there in the Middle East, uh, centuries after the Assyrian uh, Empire was extant, they, they came to Nineveh and there was nothing there. In other words, the, the Assyrians, this incredible powerhouse of the ancient world was gone. And so when we look at history, there, there are a number of sources, and you have to dig a little bit, but there are a number of sources that we can that we see. They eventually migrated uh, around the Black Sea and ultimately into Europe. And, and there are a number of uh, uh, ways we can look at that. That's not typically taught in history, but it, it really shows a lot about the nature of the German people.
0: Mr. Meekin, I'll come to you in just a moment. But before I do, I'd like to welcome those who are just joining us. This is TW Now, and today we're talking about how Germany will lead Europe again. Uh, by the way, we are beginning to get some questions, so stay tuned. We're going to post some of those questions to our, our uh, commentators here, our guests, in just a couple of minutes. Okay, Mr. Meekin, your, your comments on where Germany has come from.
1: Ah, uh, yes. How long do you? How long have you got? <laughs> Um, in the Pergamum Museum in Berlin, there is the think is it not the Ishtar gate uh, assyria uh, has pride of place there. Um, I seem to remember in my studies uh, the Sherman town of Tria, where the, mm, I think yes. there is a a, a monument uh, to uh, a colony of Assyrians in that area now I, I will be the first one to say it 's very hard especially on a half an hour program, to prove that um, Assyria are the forebears of the Germans. I think it is partly a cultural thing, uh, partly character, Um, the way history records they were. uh, They were a very cruel people, were the Assyrians. They had a reputation. But so the Germans, uh, and and look, when you talk Germans, you should be thinking Prussians. And the Prussians were exceptionally militaristic, and cruel and harsh. And it was under the Prussians that all the German states comprising maybe all sorts of different tribal, sub-tribal identities Mm -hmm. came together under, under Prussia. The Prussian empire, is one way of putting it this way, the Prussian kingdom lasted from 1701 to 1918. Because when the Germans were defeated in the First World War, that was not just the end of Germany, that was the end of the Prussian kingdom. So um, there's a lot to say, and I do take Mr. Uh, McNair's point about Germany's place in middle Europa, middle of Europe. She, she has, she's not exactly schizophrenic, but she's looking both sides at the same time and worrying about the, uh, the time of World War One, there were 130 million people comprising the Russian Empire. Far greater than the German, they were always worried about the Slavs to the east, and they were worried about the Franks, and the Celts to the uh, to the west. Franks, perhaps in the area we think of as France, and Celts—that's more than a country; it's more of a social structure that cover the whole of Western Europe. Um, you've got these big um, differences, and um, certainly uh, everything that Mr. Minet says is absolutely on the button. You go into history, I was reading about it in a thick volume this afternoon. There's a lot of very compelling evidence when you put it all together, but it's a little bit below what is written by most people. Uh, but we think it is of very great importance prophetically.
0: And So let's go to that, those, some of those prophecies. With the understanding that uh, the Assyrians are essentially what we know as the modern-day Germans, what are some of the Bible prophecies, we'll start with Mr. McNair, that we read about, that give an indication of what Germany will do in the future?
2: Well, <clears throat> we we probably have to start with what they did in the past, and that was, when we look at northern Israel, um, around 7, what, uh, 721, uh, they were 721 overrun... 721 BC. Right. BC, BC. They were overrun by the Assyrians. The, this. this empire we're talking about, and they were uh, essentially deported and uh, totally removed from their uh, their land, and uh, Isaiah speaks of it, and he talks about Assyria uh, being used as, as God's rod of anger to punish the Israelites, to punish the, the idolatrous and, and rebellious Israelites, and um, it's interesting as we've been talking about the nature of of the Assyrians and how uh, he talks about um, they are the, the, the rod of his anger, the staff in whose hand is my indignation, yet verse seven, he does not mean so, nor does his heart think so. We were talking about this before in the before the the program, that the Assyrians uh, weren't meaning to be sort of the the instrument of God's punishment, uh, but there in, in this situation where they overran Israel, uh, there, this, this tendency to drift into a warlike uh, frame of mind, it overtook them. And ultimately, God then had to punish them because he says, you know, I will, verse 12 of Isaiah 10, I will punish the fruit of the arrogant heart of the king Assy- of Assyria, and the glory of his haughty looks. For he says, by the strength of my hand I have done it, and by my wisdom, for I am prudent." So it's, it's really a fascinating chapter when we look at Isaiah 10, because it, it shows that God was working with his people Israel and even punished them when they went astray, for, for teach them. He was also working with another nation, Assyria, and using them as an instrument and yet also teaching them certain lessons, which that we could talk about that in terms of how God is, is, is ultimately going to work with every nation on earth. Mm-hmm. But the point is, this happened before. That when Israel was overrun by Assyria and prophecy is dual, it's going to happen again.
0: And he, God did it because of the sins of Israel and because they turned away from him?
2: A- absolutely. Right. right. Okay. right.
0: Mr. Meekin.
1: Um, This is so, so fascinating. Um, Absolutely everything there that Mr. Manez uh, said is so true, that God used Assyria to punish Israel. But then when you read about it, the nations round about in Mesopotamia, which, of course, were going to be followed by Babylon, who was going to be the the one to take uh, the house of Judah captive later. They got so fed up with Assyria, just being itself, totally warlike, Hostile to everybody trying to take over everybody and uh, But doing so in so violently and harshly Oh, they all ganged up on the Assyrians and put them out And as, as Mr there correctly said they were then kind of moved out of the whole area uh, Migrated to the north and then uh, westwards into Europe uh, absolutely fascinating. So that's one of the basic main Hosteric uh, was it hysterical? historical. <laughs> that is very important but I think coming at it at the other end, uh, in the book of Revelation, uh, we have some amazing prophecies of um, amalgam of nations in the European theatre that is associated with Rome. Um, in, in the prophecies of Revelation, it's very interesting to me. You now, what is it talking about? Who is it referring to? Well, in the Catholic's own Bible, in the footnotes at the end of it, it says of Genesis seventeen, and uh, not Genesis. Sorry, Revelation seventeen, and also Revelation thirteen, where it's describing the beasts of Revelation. Um, that it says it's referring to Rome. Now I grant you, they they would say imperial Rome and not religious Rome, but nevertheless, it's concentrated in the geographical area of Europe. So who is this beast power? Now, when you look in a European context, the leading power is Germany. The leading power that has the capacity to suddenly expand and want to take everything over is Germany. So from a prophetic point of view, uh, all these nations are going to give their power to one person, a leading person, possibly of one of their nations, perhaps Germany, and uh, they are then defeated by Jesus Christ, actually, at his return. Amazing prophecy. So the question is, on, on all our minds is, well, who is this referring to? We believe, uh, for all these reasons we're discussing, this could well point to Germany.
2: You know, I'd like to jump in just uh, for a moment on that, uh, to tag along what Mr. Meekin was saying, when he's talking about uh, <clears throat> the, this, this power rising in Europe. You know, there, there are a lot of different um, opinions about who the beast going, is going to be. Uh, some people even think the United States is the beast, you know, um, and, and they don't, those ideas don't fit with history as well as prophecy because when the Roman Empire fell, who inherited the, the Roman Empire? It was the Germanic tribes that were already in Central Europe that had already been sort of uh, uh, infused into the Roman Empire through the, the, the centuries. And they inherited that that uh, idea that that sort of culture and, and that, that um, uh, the idea of a, uh, even uh, revivals of reviving Rome and reviving the Roman empire and so what we see is the the Holy Roman Empire, so called has been Germanic, has been each revival over the last two thousand years. Uh, less, um, has really been uh, a, a really Germanic-led uh, revival, and what do we see in the last century? The same thing. We see Muss- Mussolini and Hitler, and um, so one more time it's going to happen again, and the Germans always seem to be in the middle of it. That's, that's the story.
0: Mm. Mr. Meakin, you uh, mentioned just a couple minutes ago Trier, Germany. Yes. Uh, someone say it's the oldest city in Europe. Uh, We were there a number of years ago, and I remember seeing uh, a building or an area where Constantine, the Holy Roman Empire, actually had a throne room Mm. there in Trier. So again, yeah, the Holy Roman Emperor concept really does uh, come to light in Germany. Okay, Mr. Meekin, I cut you off.
1: Oh yes, I forgot what I was going to say now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, just those prophecies in Revelation chapter 17. are absolutely amazing because uh, from all that we might uh, tell that's what's immediately ahead of us you know, people talk about the return of Christ but you know God is going to send his son according to his timetable and that is a prophetic timetable and there are many things that must take place before uh, or, or, or that would happen before that and one of this of course is all that is going to take place in Europe the Europe at the moment, is made up of 24 nations, I think. Uh, The British, of course, are trying to leave, so that's going to take one away. And um, the Bible then talks about actually a union of 10 nations. So when you look at uh, the EU, is it stable? No. Um, Is the euro stable? No. It's being threatened from this way, that way, the other way. The Italians are threatening it. Uh, Some of the Eastern European bloc is threatening it. And Germany is the natural leader. It all doesn't like to take the limelight, but quietly underneath it, everything the the German it's the Germans that are calling the shots. Mm. And so something is going to happen that will um, uh, that will move the 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 alliances within Europe from the twenty four to a ten. Now we don't know how that's going to happen, but it's under these circumstances of great pressure that. Germany, if it's going to change, can change very suddenly. And so there's talk of an inner circle or an outer circle. I know I've read uh, talk of um, Germany. I I remember I was shocked when I read this, that Germany might be the one to leave the EU because it's not fulfilling her purposes. Mm. She wants a a federated, close federated um, state with everybody basically supporting them, not all you know, the ragtag of Bob Taylor, people pulling and pushing in every d- particular direction. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think there's a lot to happen in Europe uh, yet, which is why in, in tomorrow's world, we oftentimes will have material on this. It's, it's a cockpit of where important things are going to happen.
0: Well, it's interesting. Uh, Germans, if anything, uh, like to have order, don't they? Mm-hmm. And the EU as it stands right now is a place of great disorder. So it'd be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, Another question for you. Let's take a couple of minutes with this one and think about some of the modern examples that we're seeing in Germany right now that might be indicators of of Germany rising to the top. We've mentioned some in passing, uh, but let's talk about some of them. Mr. McNair, I'm going to ask you a specific question as it relates, and this is actually from YouTube. Uh, Somebody wrote in and they said, will Germany have a big army like the U.S. or Russia?
2: Interesting question. Um, and the, you know, the the dilemma is, what do you mean Germany? Do you mean Europe? Or do you mean Germany? Or do you mean Europe leading a group of nations? And- Germany leading a group of nations? I'm sorry? Germany leading a group e- exactly, of nations? Exactly, exactly. That, uh, and that's exactly what we see, a, a total resurgence of a rearming in Europe in general, but Germany in particular. Um, it's interesting how, when uh, the original Brexit vote came about, uh, you know that that was a fascinating uh, occurrence for all of us—an event. And watching the news, what was ex- even more fascinating to me was—I remember—I uh, don't know—it might have been the next day or even just a number of hours after the vote came in, the news of the vote there was a statement that came out from the EU that they were now going to push forward on a new vigorous effort to to build a European army and I thought wow how fascinating that is apparently Britain was was resisting was holding them back because they took that opportunity to move forward and we see Uh, The statements that have been made basically the election of President Trump as well as the brexit vote Are seen by some in Europe and in particular Germany as? opportunities to 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 strengthen to to become more muscular and uh, so that's that's exactly what we see Uh, We see a an effort. They're already strong economically and financially uh, politically becoming more and more so but that's the missing piece uh, uh, militarily and definitely we can see it in the past we can see the writing on the wall, we can see the response from Russia Um, definitely that is coming. Mm.
1: I well remember a famous quote uh, or question which is how many divisions has the Pope? (laughs) (laughs) In other words it's not a Vatican army And yet the the Vatican uh, and the Catholic Church uh, has incredible influence over the whole world uh, because of its diplomacy and everything else that it does. Um, let me take you back for a second to 1914 and uh, discussions at the high level in Germany about what their plans for Europe would be if they won. And this was called the September program. And it was plans for, this is, remember this is 1914, a European customs union made up of the Netherlands, Denmark, Norway, Sweden, Poland, having no constitutional government, each one of those, uh, and presented um, on the basis of the principle of equality to the outside world, but the intention was that Germany would have economic and therefore political preponderance in Europe. Now, just replace 1914 with how about 2019? Uh, uh Uh, And our original title is Germany will lead Europe. Well, in orbit name, Germany is leading, sorry not Europe, it is leading Europe. And once again, there are eerie echoes of what was before. So uh, does it have to have an army to basically control much of the world if it can do that economically? Well, Mm. let me put it this way. I I think Trump is the unwitting catalyst to the fulfillment of prophecy. He is pushing Germany as one nation, along with all the other nations in in NATO, to deliver on their promise of 2% of their budget to be spent on the military. And Germany is rapidly ramping up to do just that. Now, you know, there's a a sort of thought that, well, yeah, building a big, efficient army is gonna take a long time. Yes, but think of telephones. You know, we had telephone landlines everywhere. Uh, Took 50 years or 100 years or whatever it is to put it all in. But then that's all been jumped over now by uh mobile phones and satellites and all the rest of it so you could be in the middle of nowhere in africa and you've got a cell phone <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, what i'm saying is if you started to build a military today it wouldn't be the traditional military that germany built that was so mm-hmm. effective in world war one and world war Two, because everything is different everything is much more modern everything is so much more sophisticated so knowing the efficiency and You know the business acumen and the industrial capability of Germany. When they set their mind to produce and spend their two percent on the military, I would say, watch out.
2: Mm. Definitely. You know, it's interesting. As we're talking here and thinking about what's happening and what's going to happen, and prophetically, it's. I, I, I think we also would be remiss if we don't look even a little bit further ahead into the after after the the beast rises and after christ returns it also the bible also speaks of that very same thing mr meekin was talking about how germany when she puts her mind to do something she gets it done and god is going to use that in the future um you know lest lest it sound like to our viewers and that we are the germany bashing look Uh, Germany has strengths and weaknesses like every other nation and actually in the future it says in Isaiah chapter 19 and verse uh, verse verse 23 in that day there will be a highway from Egypt to Assyria and the Assyrian will come into Egypt and the Egyptian into Syria and the Egyptians will serve with the Assyrians interestingly God is going to use Israel as as a part of building the future uh, world in the millennium, but he's also going to use Egypt, and he's also going to use Assyria. In that day, Israel will be one of three with Egypt and Assyria, a blessing in the midst of the land, whom the Lord of hosts shall bless, saying, Blessed is Egypt, my people, and Israel, my inheritance, and Assyria, the work of my hands. Assyrians are hard workers. They're, they're, they're efficient, they get things done, Germans. And uh, I, I think it's fascinating to know that God doesn't, it isn't just saying these people are awful and I cannot ever use them. He's actually going to use them to help build order and, and purpose and strength and meaning and spread his will in the future. Mm-hmm. A fascinating uh, story. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, absolutely. Um, I mean, to pick up your title again, uh, Germany is leading Europe again, which is remarkable. Uh, it points to the resilience of the German character, uh, their ability to bounce back from defeat. You know, think of the mess they were in after World War One. I've been studying into that quite a bit and the mess they were in after World War II, and yet here they are, back on top of the heap again. Oh, so yes. they, they are leading Europe again. Prophetically, we strongly believe they will lead and they will you know, be used very powerfully, prophetically, according to the book of Revelation, in events leading up to the return of Christ. But then afterwards, as, as Mr. Inez so ably said, they will be mightily used by God not just in Europe, but I think to represent him and his way of life with some of the finest elements of, of, of character. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what will, what will a world under Christ, when human nature is brought under control and all of the brilliance of human beings is actually used for the purpose of God? What kind of a world will that build? Well, I think we have a little snippet there in Isaiah 19. I think some great times are coming.
0: Well, I appreciate those comments. We, we do need to wind this discussion down, much to my own chagrin. I'm enjoying this, and I wish we could go further. <laughs> do, you, do either of you have, Mr. McNair, Mr. Meakin, any further thoughts or a, any further takeaways that you'd like to leave the audience with today regarding the future of Europe, regarding the future of Germany, and even how this might impact our individual viewers? Mr. McNair.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think uh, we, we've, we've talked a lot about Germany. I, I just want to say that um, i have a lot of fondness for uh germans and for german heritage and frankly i grew up hearing german spoken by my great-grandmother uh and and i have uh, a history and and uh uh, in my family um and so i think we we really we understand what's happening we understand what's coming the big picture is god uses and all people and he's going to use them to accomplish his will and he made all people in his image and it's a fascinating picture that he is going to ultimately bring peace and bring prosperity and he's going to use very very talented people unfortunately, some of them are going to, until that time, fall prey to human nature and fall prey to the patterns that have happened in the past. And we need to warn them. We need to be aware of it so we can be, so they can be aware. And uh, as many as possible can hopefully uh, not be a part of that system that is coming.
1: Okay. Mr. Meekin. Um, the really big powers in the world today... Uh, number one, America, which sits astride the world still, she's being challenged by China, and we have little old Europe somewhere in the middle, not doing quite as well as it should, not being as efficient and as effective, but seems like is destined for bigger and better things. And so, um, I'm minded, of course, of a, of a scripture in Daniel, uh, in, in Daniel 11, Daniel 10, 11, somewhere around there, 11, 11, 11 and 12.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it talks about the King of the North coming down into the Holy Land, which we think probably is the, the, the approximate area of Germany. But then tidings from the East, the, the North and the East. Um, Just and clarifying, then
0: hear, uh, the Holy Land is the Holy Land, but Germany is the King of the North, probably, that will come down to the, to the Holy Land. land. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: But then there's another power out to the East that comes from the East. Mm. Uh, it's a grand smash climax to the end of the age of man and the return of Christ. Uh, We, I think, are on the cusp of that. I don't say it's immediate, but it's imminent in terms of God's timetable. And therefore, I think what I'd like to end up on is suggesting along with us uh, and our coverage that you watch very carefully what's happening to Europe. Um, Of course, Boris Johnson has just been elected prime minister. He may be a prime minister for a long time or maybe just for a few days, we don't know. But he's vowed to take Britain out of the EU come what may uh you know n- n- no ifs no buts <laughs> uh, on october or by october the 31st that itself will have a potential destabilizing influence on the EU what's happening in italy will have destabilizing influence what's happening with immigration is having a stabilizing influence the visegrad eastern uh, countries of the EU are not in good shape so look for some fundamental changes taking place in Europe that will uh, be brought about by various catalysts that will project it from the 24 into some arrangement with a 10 led by Germany. Okay.
0: Thank you for those comments. Gentlemen, thank you both for joining us here on TW Now again. Really it's appreciate your insights. Absolutely. Thank you. For our audience, Germany as a nation has a fascinating and ancient past as we've delved into just a little bit today. The Germans are a people who apparently made their way into Central Europe from the Middle East thousands of years ago. In the Bible, the ancient nation of Assyria is connected with modern Germany. And the truth is, or excuse me, this truth is a powerful key to understanding end time Bible prophecies as they relate to Germany and many other nations today. Germany's near future is powerful. It's dangerous. It'll result in this nation having an incredible impact on the whole world, not necessarily for the better, but its long-term future is truly grand, as Mr. McNair was just talking about, as it's outlined in Scripture. Germany and Assyria have been and will be a nation used as a powerful tool by the Almighty God. For greater insights into Germany's future and its impact, We encourage you to read our article, Resurgent Germany, a Fourth Reich. And you can see this on the screen in front of you. You can find this at tomorrowsworld.org, Resurgent Germany, a Fourth Reich. I think you'll be appreciative when you read it. It's very insightful. To gain more biblical insight into today's news and issues, please join us here each week on TW Now. Next week, we plan to talk on a related issue. Are Britain and the United States in the Bible? We do invite you, of course, to invite or we invite you to subscribe to our YouTube channel here, like and share today's program. And we'll look forward to seeing you again on TW Now next week.